Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. A 40-something trans woman shares her observations, life stories, and the adventures of her journey through transition and beyond. And now, here she is, your host... Sabrina Miller. Hey there, hey there. How are ya? Welcome back to another episode. Now before we do anything, let's listen to that band and get our toes a-tappin'. Every week, I swear they do. I swear they do. This week, we have Sarah H. and the Binge Listening Band. Give it up for them. Ah, yeah. All right. Sarah H., uh, somebody that was a, a new listener at one point and contacted me and said that they were binge listening through all of them. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to put that as the band one week, and this is the week. So <laughs> thanks for listening, Sarah H. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Back again, huh? Uh, it's, uh, it just seems, I don't know, it seems so long, even though it's only been a week, <laughs> since, since we've gotten together again. And it, I don't know, so it just, time flies, it seems. So, welcome back, old listeners, and long-time listeners, and binge listeners, and everybody that has heard an episode before this one, because now you're a returning listener. <laughs> no matter when and where it was, you're now a returning listener. So, welcome back. You know that I love having you here. And, welcome to everybody else, that this is your very first episode to listen to of Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. Welcome aboard this crazy... Uh, I don't know, jet ski ride upon the ocean of life? <laughs> I don't know. I make it up as I go along, this stream of consciousness thing. I make an outline, and I just start rambling and talking. And then I fix it in the edit, as they say. <laughs> so, welcome all new listeners. It's so nice to have you here. This episode, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say it's a heavy episode or there's a lot in store, but there's a, there's, it's an average episode for, for us here. Uh, it is episode 49. Holy mackerel. Holy mackerel. We are almost there. In just a few more episodes, we will reach episode 52, if my math is correct, which means that's 52 weeks. And we'll talk more about that when that episode comes. But I'm so excited. So excited. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about uh, body modification and being trans. You know, that whole thought process, whether you're trans or not. And we got another 30 episode challenge question or 30 question challenge or whatever the hell I'm calling it. It's the last one. It's number 30. We made it to the end. Huzzah. Woo. So we're going to cover that. And then for secondary topic, uh, some a little fun, some a little kind of kooky, kind of weird to wrap your brain around. Well, maybe not weird to wrap your brain around, but just a different way to think about things. I'm sure you probably thought of it. I'm not going to give away what it is because it's going to be kind of fun when we get there. And, of course, we're going to have some listener feedback to round out the whole episode. Uh, but before we go into any of all that stuff for this episode, let's briefly talk about, well, the last two episodes. 
uh, number 47, which is not our normal format for a show. Uh, if you've heard it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't had a chance... Um, it may not be for everyone to listen to. I get that. I understand that. But give it a try. Give it a chance. I know I spoke about it last episode, and the only reason I'm bringing it up again is because during the editing process and during the recording process, I had a blonde moment, and I totally forgot, to me, one of the most pivotal moments with, uh, with my experience with Robin Williams. Which, if you didn't know, that's what episode 47 is about. We're remembering Robin a year from his, uh, from his passing. Honoring Robin, I guess, would be a better way to say it. And for me, one of the pivotal moments with, with, with I don't want to say my relationship with Robin, but my, you know, as, an, as a spectator to a, to a performer relationship with Robin, um, the, the words, and gosh, has he spoken so many words, that rung true to me from the moment I heard it, moment I heard it. Uh, well, maybe not the first time I heard it, but once I heard it repeatedly and started really evaluating my life, uh, it comes from the birdcage. And if you're not familiar with the movie, oh, do yourself a favor, go. It's not on Netflix at this very moment in time that I'm recording, but it's uh, out there. Just go spend the spend the 10 or $20 or whatever it is to download and own it. And I, uh, It's one of those that should be in everybody's collection, especially if you're any part of the LGBT family. It's just, I think it's one of those pivotal movies to have. But besides that, uh, it's the scene where... I don't want to give away the story, so those who don't know, enjoy it. But I am going to give away this little scene. It's a scene where his uh, uh, Robin, who plays a gay man, who lives with a man, except the man he lives with is very effeminate. Very, very, very... Basically, he's female. (laughs) Okay? Not trans. Not transitioning. But female in the way that he carries himself and speaks and acts. And and that, that particular person is a drag queen. And that's played by Nathan Lane, which we're not talking about. We're talking about Robin. Robin's character owns a drag club that his partner, Nathan Lane, uh, performs at. For, for a uh, homosexual couple in that scenario, it works perfectly. So, their son, which is... I don't want to get into the story, but they have a son. <laughs> you watch the movie, you'll find out how. And the son comes home to visit... And announces that he's going to get married. And the son is straight, cisgendered straight. And the son is in love with a senator's daughter. And the senator is. Senator? <laughs> senator is very conservative, we'll say. Uh, played by Gene Hackman. Wonderful, wonderful uh, role for this, for him. It was, he played it perfectly. And of course, Gene Hackman's pretty damn good in almost everything, but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> um, so when, when, uh, when the son is talking about how the, the, his fiance's conservative parents are going to be coming to visit and, and meet the family, you know, that's what happens when you know, people get engaged, usually, not always. And to make it more accepting, they're trying to hide the gay, we'll say, okay? And they're taking down certain decorations that are very over flamboyant and homosexual in nature of all uh, types whether it be minute little things or pretty pretty extravagant things like a a uh, uh, one of the items is a uh, 
oh, what is it? A, a little clay or ceramic statuette. Uh, I don't know, six six inches. No, probably about a foot or so, eighteen inches long, and it has a very large schlong. <laughs> well, that's something they're going to put away while the conservative senator and family is there. And the, a discussion comes up about the feminine partner, who is essentially, like I said, plays it female. And Nathan does. Nathan Lane does fabulous in this. Um, so this father and son are having this pretty heated conversation, and it leads up to, uh, well, the female, the effeminate partner has been hurt because he's been asked to not be there when the bride's family is there. And so he takes it, or he, she will say, takes it very personally and runs off crying. Uh, and if I don't have this exact please forgive me because this next moment is the moment I'm leading up to during the argument between father and son, Robin, and I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, he's, he steps up to his son and says, basically, uh, well, I wrote it down, so I'm just going to quote it. Yes. I wear foundation. Yes. I live with a man. Yes. I'm a middle-aged fag, but I know who I am. It took me 20 years to get here, and I'm not going to let some idiot senator destroy that. Fuck the senator. I don't give a damn what he thinks. And as I mentioned a moment ago, uh, these words hit me. I mean, it's a pivotal moment in the movie, so they're supposed to hit you, but it hit me dead center in the heart. Not the very first time, but the next few following moments, I'm like, why does that ring true to me? And it took me, uh, I don't know, 10 years, roughly, because I don't remember exactly when the movie came out, but it was in the 90s, early 90s, maybe mid-90s. And it just sat with me. And it wasn't until I started to come to terms with, you know, being trans that I went, that's why it rings so true. Fuck everybody else. Be true to yourself. And those words have lived with me. And I, I'm sorry I missed saying them in episode 47, but I'm saying them now. And uh, like I said, do yourself a favor. Go see The Birdcage if you haven't. It's, it's a remake or a revamp, we'll say, of La Cage Fall, if you're familiar with that story from years ago. So, like I said, it's fun. It's Nathan Lane and Robin Williams. Come on. Gene Hackman, Diane... Oh, what's her last name? Diane West? Diane Weist? I'm drawing a blank and I didn't look it up, but I'm here to talk about Robin on that, so... Anyhow, see it if you haven't. And so that's that quote is the real pivotal moment for me and Robin. Uh, let's talk about episode 48 now. I know I rambled on a bit, but that was Robin. Can you blame me? Uh, so episode 48, uh, I titled it The Second Coming of Transgender. Um, it, was, it, was, uh, it was on the shorter side. And I did that because the last few episodes it would have been on the longer side, but also because there wasn't much to talk about. I, I mean, I laid it out, I shared it, boom, done. And it really was just a, a chance to, to share that once you come out, you're going to continue to come out. It just, I feel you're more in control of who and how you come out the further along you are in your journey after you've come out that first time. And so for me, especially in recording that episode and putting that episode together, it, it empowered me with, with so much oh, strength, we'll say. And that's really what I wanted to pass on to, to you guys, my listeners, you folks. Uh, it, the power is within you. You just got to tap into it. It's like 
digging for uh, digging a well. You know, you got to drill. You got to drill deep. <laughs> you got to find it. Find that little pool of water. And once you hit it, bam, it's going to explode, basically. Sometimes you need a pump to pump up the water. <laughs> Usually you need a pump to pump up the water, but you get my point. So all those episodes, or both of those episodes and all past episodes can be found at Changes in Latitudes Podcast at blogspot.com. Uh, we've got a little PayPal donate button there. We've got an Amazon affiliate link if that's how you like to, to do your stuff. Uh, we can be found on iTunes, of course. Just search out Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. We're on Stitcher, that uh, smartphone radio app that they have out there. And you can listen to on the web as well. Uh, so search out Changes in Latitudes. We're there. Uh, if you use iTunes and Stitcher to listen to the show, as opposed to the uh, Blogspot website where there is a way to listen to the show, uh, give us a thumbs up on Stitcher and share the show and write a comment and do all that social media stuff. And on iTunes, if you could give us a rating, which is, you know, one star to five stars, and just a, a little blurb of, of a review, as they call it, I can't stress how much that, oh, well, take as long as you want to do it, but the, if you're in a quick hurry, uh, 30 seconds to a minute to do that, and then, you know, up to five, 10 minutes to, to write out a very eloquent review, if that's your, if that's your style. Because doing that helps the show in ways that I don't think a lot of people really understand. Because iTunes especially, and Stitcher too, but iTunes especially, it's based on the algorithms that they put into it. When people rate stuff, when people buy stuff, when people write reviews on things, when people share stuff on, on using their links within iTunes to share on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is iTunes remembers, quote-unquote, that information, and that's how it matches up different things for different people. Have you ever been looking at something on iTunes and noticed that there's a, you know, uh, related things or listeners also subscribe to or, you know, people have also purchased, blah, blah, blah. Here's something we think you might like. Well, that's what happens. That's what it is. So by you taking that little bit of time, you're in your own way helping the show grow and all it costs you is a few minutes in the big picture of life and the same thing's true for stitcher they got a little different algorithm because you're using the stitcher app to listen so they keep track of how long you listen and if you take a break to pause or if you jump to a different show or whatever but they get the same sort of stuff and that's how that's how it goes up on the new and noteworthy thing for itunes and and uh there's a Stitcher ranking of shows that happens. And that's how that all works. That's how all of that works. So if you'd like to see this show in the new and noteworthy, well, maybe not new, but in the noteworthy area of iTunes or in the top ranking of Stitcher, take a few moments, do what you got to do for either of those, help the show grow. We're also over on Facebook, facebook.com slash changes in latitudes podcast. Uh, lots of fun over on the Facebook page. I interact with everybody. I post stuff, obviously. I share things that I look at on Facebook myself. Uh, so uh, join in the fun is the best thing I can say for Facebook. That's probably the, the most interactive area for the show. Uh, there's also the email, which is changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com. I don't check the email as frequently as I would like. So if you write me... Well, first, thank you. <laughs> and second, be a little patient for me to get back to you in the email. I usually try to check it a few times a week, three, four times a week in a seven-day period. But I got life. I got a toddler. I got a wife. <laughs> so it may be down to one or two times in a week, but I always reply. That's my thing I want to let you know. I always reply. 
So send me an email if you got something to say. And usually I'm going to sh- ask if I can share it on the show, if it's something that seems shareable. But if it's not, I won't share it. And I always try to check with the, the author before sharing it. So that's the email. If you're a Twitter user or a tweeter, I don't know what they call them. Uh, I'm at Sabrina Miller 41 over on Twitter. I don't have one for the show. It's my own private one only because I don't use Twitter all that much. And I don't want to have to deal with two Twitters, my own personal and the show. So there's that. And lastly, the best way to help out the show is through patreon.com. Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash changes in latitudes podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash changes in latitudes podcast. Uh, And basically, if you're familiar with GoFundMe or Kickstarter or something like that, it's it's the same type of thing, except in my opinion, better (laughs) because it's it's made for, well, podcasts where you're putting out a, 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 a where you're putting out a regular release of episodes or something. For artists that do like web comics or something, and they put out a comic every what week or two or whatever their particular schedule is. For musicians who put out uh, uh, videos or release tracks on a pretty regular schedule, because you, what it is is you sign up and you contribute what you can within your own budget. Example: I ask for about a dollar an episode, just just because it works out easy for the year, but a dollar an episode. And the way I do it is by a $5 a month contribution because it works out to be like a dollar, what, $17, $19 at the end of the year. And a monthly, uh, we'll say bill, you know, a monthly deduction from your account is a lot easier to manage than a weekly one. At least it's, at least that's the way I like to work my banking stuff. So, so I throw it out there as a $5 uh, re, uh, pledge. But if you can't afford that, give what you can. Give what you can. And if just contributing whatever you can on Patreon, you, as a as a patron, a patron of the podcast, you get the episode at least one to two days before the general release to the public. I'm also working on trying to get that a little bigger space there, like a maybe a three to four days before the general public. It's going to take a little bit of time to get my uh, production schedule up to that pace, so... Just to let you know, that's my plan for the future, to give it to you. Well, ideally, I'd like to have the the Patreon page get the newest episode a week before. So that way, my patrons are a week ahead of the general population. Again, that's going to take a little bit more time and effort on my part, which is why I'm asking for everyone to check out Patreon, because that will help with the time and effort on my part. (laughs) So check it out. Pledge what you can. Do what you can. And more than you know, it helps the show so much. In fact, this episode was made possible by longtime listener and friend, Candace T. Candace, thank you so much for your contribution and pledging to the show and just being a, a patron of the arts and a patron of the podcast. I know you love the show and that things I've, I've said to you have, have helped you and inspired you through the conversations we've had. But I also want to let you know your support has helped me just as much as you've said I've helped you. And to me, that is one of the most beautiful things about the synergy of a podcast. So, last time, check out patreon.com slash changes in latitudes podcast.
Main topic. Main topic. Here we go. Uh, body modifications and being transgender or, or versus transgender or whatever thought you want to put out in your mind. It's just a matter of thinking uh, outside the box on this on this topic is really where I'm going for. So I want to say that right up front. And, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is on the basic uh, definition of cosmetic surgery. You're altering your body. You're modifying your body by doing something to it. And the list is endless. I mean, think about it. I mean, do a Google search, you know, or just look at any, you know, large uh, uh, city uh, cosmetic surgeries webpage, doctor's webpage, you know, a doctor from Los Angeles or New York or Chicago or Miami or wherever, you know, choose, choose, choose the big city. I guarantee you'll find it. Obviously, you'll probably find more in a place like Los Angeles because that's where movies are made and that whole thing and, you know, magazines are shot and you get my point. Probably New York as well, but you can follow me there. Okay. So on the basic thought that you're altering your basic body, it's a body modification of some sort. Now, I know it doesn't line up with your, you know, traditional definition of body modifications where there's you know, multiple piercings or uh, uh, ear stretching or, or uh, how can I say this, um, uh, cutting, snipping of certain body parts that you probably just shouldn't do that to, such as the crotch region and tongue. Those are the areas I've really seen those sorts of things done. Well, not up close and personal. No, 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 no. Mm -mm. <laughs> uh -uh. Uh, <laughs> web searches. <laughs> web searches. So I have a concept. I have an understanding of basic, simple, basic body modification. Somebody has a desire to change or alter their body, so they go and have it done. Um, oh, the, uh, how it's the uh, elf ears, yeah. or Spock ears, as it's also called. Um, that's a cosmetic surgery. Let's face it. That's what it is. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then you got your traditional ones, your body, uh, your breast augmentation, rhinoplasty, uh, cheek implant, chin alteration. Um, oh gosh, they have, they have buttock implants and, and, uh, for, for people that want to look more muscular, uh, generally of the male nature, they have uh, pec implants, which is essentially the same concept as, as breast implants. It's just shaped differently on a different body frame, but you follow me there. So, there, uh, oh, you shape the altar of the, uh, shape the uh, look of the eyes, uh, lips. I mean, it, it's endless. And only because it changes the body, I will consider it a form of body modification. Now... The real big question is, are some of these <coughs> body modifications necessary for a trans individual? I mean, not all trans individuals, but the individuals that have a, just, they cannot leave the house without the thought of, of, of the dysphoria that would be, uh, well, relieved a little bit by some sort of uh, surgery, such as top surgery for both uh, trans men and trans women. I mean, you're going in different opposite directions, but it's still considered top surgery. And for those that may not know what I mean, uh, for a trans man, a top surgery would, re would be removing breast tissues and such and making the chest region look more masculine. And then for trans women, top surgery would be breast augmentation, making the top so top part of the body look a little more feminine. That's that's 
by design. Uh, some of those are necessary for some people because of the whole uh, confidence feeling within themselves. I mean, a trans woman like myself can pad and use uh, falsies or uh, uh, chicken cutlets and, and chicken breasts and things like that. Not chicken breasts, but you follow what I mean, because uh, that's what they that's what that those things are for. Uh, they can also use the type of breast form that uh, patients who have had uh, cancer and have had a mastectomy. There's forms out there that are specifically sold for those women. And they do fine. And on on that note, let's stop and think. Here's a woman who, for a number of different reasons, usually sort of cancer-related or something like that, has to have their chest removed or chooses to have their chest removed so they don't have to deal with the thought of or dealing with going through breast cancer. Uh, Angelina Jolie did that. Okay, fine. You know, these women that are born women, have been women their entire lives, are now losing a large part of, let's let's surmise it and say femininity. Because that, to me, for me, part of the, 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 the essence of when, I, when I'm me <laughs> is my breast forms. They, it, it helps me feel so much more confident. So I get that. But for people that can't afford breast forms or the type that they can afford are very inexpensive and they, and they, they just they don't do as well as some forms that might be ten, twenty dollars more. You know what I mean? So so there's a big dysphoric feeling happening with that. If a trans woman looks in the mirror and doesn't feel confident about herself before she walks out the door, there's a good chance that some trans women may not walk out the door. Just drop and say, okay, not today. And the same is true for trans men. Different realms, and I can't really speak on that half specifically because I'm not a trans man. But if a trans woman is experiencing it, a trans man has got to experience it on the other end of the spectrum. It's, it's just yin and yang of life. So, in this example, for these individuals, top surgery, I feel, is a necessity for those individuals to be able to uh, have the confidence to face the world. Let's just say it like that. And some, some other surgeries can be equal for some trans women, facial feminization surgery. They feel that they just don't fee- uh, look or feel feminine enough, female enough when they're out in the world. Well, that's why that cosmetic surgery is there. Now it is a cosmetic surgery, but I see it as a necessity for, in this case, a trans woman because she needs to be able to feel good about herself. Nature threw her a curveball, gave her a male-bodied f- uh, f- to grow with. You know, you, you can't do much about it till you take science and alter it. So she is doing the best that she can with his body. Oh, something to wrap your head around. So, and I'm not even talking about bottom surgery, as it's called. You know, or... Uh, gender reassignment surgery or gender confirmation surgery or sexual reassignment surgery as it was once referred to. I'm not, I'm not even talking about that. That's a whole other can of worms. I'm talking about the stuff that is pretty obvious to everyone around you. You know, Oh, you look like you've had some sort of facial authorization. You look like your breasts have been done. And the list is endless. You look like you've had your lips done. I mean, there's so many things, so many things. Oh, and let's talk about moving the hairline 
uh, further down or further back, depending on your, your specific circumstances. That may be a necessity for another type of individual. It, it's crazy. And then there are the trans women that, because of their genetics, are already starting to bald or have thin hair when they decide to start transitioning. Well, unfortunately, hormones won't work so well in that realm. For some, they do. For some, they do. Not for all. Not for all. So my point is that there are individual surgeries that will help trans people, trans women and trans men, deal with, get through, uh, uh, conquer, feel more confident about themselves, and as I was saying before, conquer their fears, conquer that dysphoria that is holding them indoors, um, or making it impossible for them to leave the house unless they have somebody with them, a loved one, a friend, take your pick. But these surgeries could make it possible for somebody to step outside the front door on their own. So then is it really some sort of body modification? No, I don't think so. Yes, you're altering the body by definition, but I don't think it's a body modification thing. It's something that somebody feels that they absolutely need, which is different than the cis population. Because the cis population, a lot of the same surgeries are out there for the cis population. In fact, almost all the surgeries are out there for the cis population. In fact, probably the one that isn't is the gender reassignment because that's, you know, kind of by definition (laughs) meant for the transgender individual. Anyhow, uh, cis women can have a breast augmentation to go smaller, bigger, cuter, uh, uh, firmer. The choices are endless out there for that. Um, Any sort of facial surgery to make yourself feel younger or look happier or whatever. The list is endless for facial surgeries. I mean, eye lifts and chin lifts and and just all of it, all of it, all of it out there. I I haven't done a lot of research because it's not my thing. I don't want or need that. I haven't, my path hasn't gone in that direction yet. I know about it. I understand it, but I'm not pursuing it at this moment in time. Um, For some trans women, because of, the, again, their genetics, how they're built, how they were born, some of them seek to have the lower ribs removed on either side. So their waist will now, you know, be a little more hourglass figure. And that leads also into what the, the concept of waist training, as it's called. That's a whole other ball of wax out there because that can fall into body modification because long-term use has been proven to alter your body of use of corsets. Uh, but then there, it's also just a, uh, I don't want to say a fetish, but it is something similar along those lines because these people are, are driven to have that pressure, that encompassing feeling of a corset on all the time. Now, I enjoy wearing a corset when the time is right and the mood is right and all of that fun stuff. I do. What woman wouldn't? Well, I'm sure there are some out there, but the majority of women that I've crossed paths with, both cis and trans, when the timing's right, enjoy wearing a corset. And and I'm sure there are some out there that don't. And I've met a couple men that like to wear corsets, so, you know, whatever. I'm talking about the wearing it for 23 hours out of a 24-hour day. You know, (laughs) the only time they're out of it is to shower. That is a lifestyle choice. That is something that is definitely going to modify your body, hence body modification. And if you do it correctly, you know, people have been doing it for centuries. You know, it's not a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. It's not probably the best thing for your body, but hey, it's your body, your choice, do what you want to do. So that falls into that. 
as well as far as body modification. But back to the whole rib removal thing, if, you've, if, a, if a trans woman has just got you know, a barrel chest, which a lot of you know, men do, since that's how the trans woman was born, uh, yeah, the thought of removing a rib or two on either side to help the waist and the hourglass figure work is, is a, I don't think it's a big popular thing, but at one point I know it was because it was talked about. I remember when the internet was, I don't want to say when the internet was new, but in the late 90s, or uh, yeah, definitely late 90s when I started searching out, you know, just let me find a little more information because this new internet thing has a bunch of information. One of the things I stumbled upon at that point was uh, corset training, rib removal, things like that. And I just went, whew, that's a little extreme for me. That's not my route. Uh, so I know it's there. I don't know how heavily practiced it is, but it's there. Uh, then there's, then you got to think about, as far as the trans woman is concerned, trachea shave, where basically the Adam's apple kind of diminishes or disappears. Or I mean, it, it, each individual is different, and you know, everybody's Adam's apple is different. But uh, it, it, it's there. And it can sometimes alter the voice, not always, but that's something else. If somebody just hates their Adam's apple and it obviously, you know, doesn't help them out in the world where, you know, they're getting misgendered or whatever, they, they can't work on their voice as well, a number of different reasons, uh, that's their thing. Who's to deny that? Who's to deny that that's just, oh, that's just cosmetic? No, no, for that individual, that's a necessity. Uh, then you have lip alterations because, let's face it, women's lips are different than men's lips. I mean, and we're talking about born that way, not not altered in the trans way at all. So, trans women may need to, to seek something to change their lips. I know that Caitlyn Jenner did. I think if we look at uh, before and after photos, everybody will notice that Caitlyn Jenner did. Fine. That's what she wanted. That's what she needed to complete herself to make the picture in her head match the body that everyone was looking at. And there, I, I, there's a number of these sorts of, sorts of things. So if you really stop to think about it, they're all some form of body modification. And it's a body modification that some people will look at and say, why are you doing that to your lips? Why are you doing that to your cheeks? What are you doing to your ears? Well, because it makes me feel better. Yeah, but you, you know, whatever the person's going to say, looks look like a freak, or your lips are this, or your ears are blah, da-da-da-da, whatever. People are going to say whatever they're going to say. You follow me there. So why, why would a number of the doctors that perform these things not be able to see the difference between a cisgendered, you know, person seeking, let's just use breast augmentation, because basically everybody knows that, a cis woman seeking breast augmentation, and I mean somebody who has a healthy chest, not someone who has had mastectomy and is looking to rebuild themselves. That's different. I, I, let's put them in with the trans women because they need to have their bodies match what they want in their mind. That's very similar with the trans woman. Not somebody that, you know, I've always had smaller cups and I'd like to go bigger. That seems to be the, the number one thing. Well, that's not necessarily you know, required for happiness in the general population. I'm sure there are some women out there that, that are truly much more happier once they've received uh, a breast augmentation to go larger. I, so many stories are out there. But it's still not, necessar- not a necessity because they're not, you know, cowering inside their house, not being able to go outside to do a damn thing because they feel their breasts are too small. 
But a trans woman will feel the exact same thing. Their breasts are too small, I mean. And they won't be able to leave the house. That's a big difference. Big difference. And the same is true for trans men. If they, if they are born with a naturally large chest, you know, and binders are not really working or don't come in their size or a number of things, number of things. Maybe they can't use a binder because of breathing issues, you know, asthma or something. Uh, maybe they can't use a binder because of size issues. I mean, <laughs> lots of reasons. Well, that's a crippling thing for a trans man. Total, total crippling thing. Just as the same thing is on the same end of the spectrum, well, opposite end of the spectrum as a trans woman. So why is it the cis community seems to be the one that's, you know, holding on to this, uh, well, we'll just say gatekeeper. Because that's what it is. They are the ones that are saying, no, no, this is not going to be covered by insurance because you don't need this. This is not a life-saving thing. Well, take a look at the suicide numbers, folks. Yeah, it is a life-saving thing. So I wanted to bring this to everyone's attention just to think about. So the next time that you come across oh, any, anything out there, whether it's a political thing or a simple conversation or an article or whatever, let everyone know that, yeah, cis people may seek cosmetic surgery to feel better about themselves. Trans people are seeking cosmetic surgery so they can live with themselves. And they can face the world. And if they have had those suicidal thoughts or tendencies, they, they can conquer them. They can defeat them and move on with their life. So let's, let's redefine how that can happen with, uh, with insurance is the number one thing right there. If insurance is covering uh, gender reassignment surgery, which is a whole other thing, and it has its own dysphoric stuff as well. However, I don't really feel that it's an, it's an outwardly presentable thing unless you're part of a nudist colony or something that is really a necessity in that realm it is a necessity don't get me wrong it is absolutely a necessity for those that want and need it but i know that the crippling effects of dysphoria are you know not having breasts for a trans woman having breasts for a trans man having too large of a nose for a trans woman i mean Think about that too, too big of ears. Maybe their eyebrows are not right. Maybe their forehead is this and their hairline is that. So many different things. Yeah, they're cosmetic surgeries for the general population of cis people. But for the population of trans people, I think they're just as important as gender reassignment surgery. So let's get the ball rolling and get, you know, 10 years, 20 years from now, let's get the uh, insurance to, to work on this. Okay? Okay. Now let's take a break and hear from our sponsor. When you need a professional who specializes in writing, photography, or web design, contact Tom Slayton. At Tom's website, TomSlayton.com, you'll find brilliant WordPress themes, discounts and links for fantastic online services, and sage wisdom from the master himself, Tom Slayton. TomSlayton.com even features a wonderful eclectic collection of photographs seldom seen elsewhere. Visit TomSlayton.com. That's T-O-M-S-L-A-T-I-N.com. Ah, yeah. TomSlayton.com. Tom, thanks so much for helping out the show and sponsoring it, letting us play your commercial. It, it means the world to me. So, folks, go check out TomSlayton.com. He's got, as the commercial says, he's got so much there. It's, if you're at work and you just need a little bit of a brain, you know, release, one of those sorts of, oh, I can't, I can't be thinking about work right now. I need a little brain fart or something. 
and you're, you know, your daydreaming sorts of things don't really work so well at that moment in time, which I, I know I have problems with, check out TomSlayton.com because I guarantee you'll find something to just clear your mind for a couple moments and then get back to whatever you need to do, whether it's work or, or taking care of the family or whatever. Just don't do it when you're driving. That's my only thing. Uh, I just did it, and I was kind of, well, pick, poking around on the website, and I got, I got looped into to a title. <laughs> the title on his website, on one of the links on the website, was Old House Covered in Vines. And I just clicked on it. Beautiful-looking photo. Beautiful-looking photo of, of this old house, probably from the, oh, shoot, 50s, 60s, maybe? Eh, maybe a little later than that. Who knows? It's kind of hard to tell by the processing of the, uh, of the, of the actual photo that he, uh, Tom posted. But it's got a brick chimney. There's vines and trees growing up all over the porch. Uh, a beautiful blue sky in the background with, with billowing clouds. And one of those old-fashioned antennas at the tip-top, tippy-tippy-top, right next to the chimney, as it used to be when I was a kid. And so it just looks like this particular house has never been entered, at least through the front door or this particular porch, in years. And the way Tom captured it was just so... I don't know, homey. So, hey, check this out. Look at this bit of history happening right here, right now. And, I don't know, I just, you know, kind of had a little daydream for a moment. And now, I'm getting back to whatever I was doing, which in this case was recording the podcast. So, to see the picture I'm talking about, visit TomSlayton.com forward slash old house covered in vines. And there's a little dash between each word there. Again, thanks, Tom. Transgender 30 question challenge. Question number 30. We did it. We're here. Write a haiku on being transgender. <laughs> uh, now, I know this isn't a question, and, and in the past when I've answered these and they haven't been really questions, I, I've, I've called it on it, you might say. But this one I get. This one, and actually the previous one, number 29, were being the last two, were ways to start looking at yourself and your life more in a positive manner, in a positive light, which, hey, let's face it, folks, everybody needs to do because the world can just get you down. And on a side note, I love the internet for that because a lot of my friends, I've mentioned her in the past, Becky, thank you, Becky, for being a friend and a, and a lover of the show and a follower. And you, you know all the stuff that you do that I love you for. Uh, and then there's Candace, as I mentioned earlier in the show, and a number of other people, Tom, Tom from the commercial, my wife, oh gosh, uh, I've, Christina Kay, I've mentioned on the show before. I mean, there's so many of you that are so wonderful. I've, I've said that when in different past shows, but I guarantee that when life gets you down, the number one thing you do is turn to the internet, turn to your Facebook, your Twitter, your whatever. Maybe you turn to the podcast that you're listening to. I'm not saying you should, but that's one of the reasons I'm here. <laughs> anyway, I love the internet for that because whenever I need a, a, like I said with Tom's commercial, a break from the world, I turn to the internet. So for this, I really had to turn to the internet because, yes, I know what a haiku is. I remember studying them briefly in English class in high school. 
but I don't remember the details of what a haiku was. So I had to look it up and find it, find out the uh, syllable breakdown and things like that. And so here is what I came up with. What is this feeling? Confusing and comforting. I am transgender. So like question 29, you're trying to look inward to find yourself more. And I think that's one of the reasons I really like these last two questions. You know, take your name and uh, write out different words with each letter of your name. That was number 29. And then this one, a haiku about yourself, about being transgender. And so uh, I urge you, the listener, to go answer all 30 questions if you have time, if you want to. Answer them for yourself. You don't need to publish them. You don't need to let the world know what your answers are. Put them down for yourself. That's what matters. And then go back and look at them later. That's the key. (laughs) So think about it. Think about it. Now, I will say it took me a while to write this haiku because I, oh, geez. Um, It's a matter of finding the right words, of course, that fit the syllables. But it took me about, oh, it took about a total of two weeks in a month's time. You know, this is a little time here, a little time there, a little time here, a little time there to figure out what I wanted to say. And what you heard is what was the result of that. So I know it may not be easy, but I highly encourage everyone to do it because in that time when I finally came up with those words, I felt so empowered and so confident. And that's what I want to pass on to you. All right. Now you might be wondering what's happening with the 30 day question since we already answered number 30. Well, you're going to have to find out next episode, of course, but I'll give you a little bit of a teaser. Uh, something was sent to me, a little article that uh, my wife actually sent to me, and it was uh, 25 smart women share their most valued tidbits. So that's where we're going to start in place of the 30-question challenge. I am still open for you to send me questions. So if you've got a question to ask me, send it to me, changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com, or message me on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast. And like I said, I'll get back to you as soon as I possibly can. And if you, if you got a question, I'll answer it on the show. Unless you want it answered privately. Of course. Absolutely. So keep an eye out for this section next episode. Secondary topic, secondary topic, coming at you now. Okay, now, if you're a new listener, uh, just to let you know what the secondary topic is and why I call it secondary topic and I don't really publicize it, is because I try to do something usually opposite of what the main topic is. So if the main topic's pretty serious or heavy, I really, really try to break it up with something a little lighter on the, the secondary topic. And that's what this episode's secondary topic is. is is not related to trans one bit. Because what we just talked about was pretty heavy. Um, I'm talking about pokes on Facebook. Okay. Um, I know, I know it's just crazy to think about, but it's a dirty little game that Facebook came up with. (laughs) I mean, I, it was, it was just, I don't know. I remember finding it and going, what's this? And click, 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 post, 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 poke, 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 poke. 
And I realized in hindsight, only now that I have a smartphone and, you know, poking is a lot easier. <laughs> Folks, if you may, if you laugh at what I say, I'm doing that on purpose. So feel free to laugh. Okay. Cause I'm laughing. <laughs> you should know that I'm laughing right now. <laughs> Anyhow. So, um, when, when I first got on Facebook before smartphones were everywhere, uh, pokes were like, Hey, haven't seen you on Facebook in a while. Come on back. And it's, you know, your friends and family or whatever. And so it's kind of obsolete right now because everybody's checking Facebook usually multiple times a day, except for those few friends of mine that I know that don't have a smartphone and only check their Facebook once in the morning, once at night, maybe you know, once every other day, once a day, because that's what their lives give, limit them to. But so pokes are not really what they used to be. In fact, I have one, <laughs> one friend that I don't know how, how they do it. I don't know how they do it, but every time I send a poke out to them, and I don't, I don't poke my followers <laughs> too frequently. God, there's got to be a way to say that. But you know what I mean. Um, and that's why I say this is a dirty little game that Facebook put out to us. Have you poked your friends? I don't know. Should I? <laughs> Anyhow, um, I have one friend that uh, when, they, when I poke them, again, which isn't frequently, um, almost immediately... They're right back at it, right back poking me back. And it's kind of funny because I don't know how they do it. It can be at bedtime, late at night when I'm trying to fall asleep. It can be early in the morning when I'm up because I can't sleep anymore. It could be the middle of the day. Doesn't matter. This particular individual, bam, pokes me right back within, within minutes. And it boggles my mind, boggles my mind because I wonder, does she have some sort of, you know, special something set up so that no matter when she's poked, she sends it back. It makes me wonder, do they have something special set up so that when I poke them, they poke me back? Or does this individual just live on Facebook? Which, knowing this individual, because they're a friend, I don't think so. But I could be wrong. Anyhow, I'm just amazed at the quickness of this individual doing so. And like I said, every once in a while, I'll send out a poke and uh, just, you know, because I'm like, hey, I haven't poked anybody in a while. Let me poke, 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 poke. And then it's fun just getting, you know, all the little pokes back. Go ahead, laugh. I am. And I remember that, again, when I first started Facebook, there was an app, one of the app games, you know, that Facebook is so famous for now, that was called Super Poke. And the more people you poked and how frequently you poked and how often you poked, uh, you got better prizes and you could share those better prizes. And it encouraged people to poke each other more often. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Facebook, for such a weird, awkward topic. But damn, I'm laughing all over the place. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, what the reason I bring this up is, is it's obsolete now. It doesn't really matter. But yet Facebook still continues it because it is just a fun little dirty game. And it makes me wonder because how come Facebook pages like the Changes in Latitudes page can't poke or be poked? Only individuals can be poked and poked back. Wow. <laughs> uh, so I just wonder how it all really came about. And uh, I think what I laughed at the most is the emails I got was so-and-so poked you. Poke them back. <laughs> Okay, all right, here you go. And then it was most awkward when your family pokes you. Yeah. Um, I made the mistake of going through the list years and years ago and, and poking everyone. And I do mean everyone. 
family, friends, the ones that I don't talk to all the time, the ones that I talk to all the time, both both family and friends. And I'm just, I'm going to poke everybody. And then you get the messages back. So-and-so poked you. It was very awkward being poked by my uh, uh, cousins and my mom and my sisters. And so I don't really poke them that much anymore. And uh, it just, it, it makes Facebook a more enjoyable place when I don't, because I don't like those messages. Um, but then there's friends. Like I mentioned before, long ago, probably first or second or third episode, Ed Wallach, he hosts the Don't Quit Your Daycast podcast, which is on currently on hiatus due to his own personal life. It will be back. Ed is a friend of mine, great friend of mine. I, since the moment I met him, he's, he's just a sweetheart. Uh, so I think his, his uh, backlog is available on Stitcher. And iTunes, I don't know. I haven't checked. Uh, so if you're in for some, I mean, it's topical. So the news topics and things he talks about are now dated. But check out that show. It's a good show. Anyhow, Ed and another friend who does podcasts, although he's on a hiatus, Tom Beavis, um, they, they, they're, they're related, second cousins or something. And both are sweethearts of, of guys. They're just wonderful people. And the thing with Pokes, uh, with them, I don't know how they do it. Because they live at total opposite ends of the state. And they usually, like I said, when I go through my list and poke everybody, those two usually poke back within the same 30 minutes, usually. Not always, but more often than not. Um, and then you got the people that only poke you once a week or twice a week. Uh, it's, it's just, I hope you're having as much fun with it as I am describing it. Because if not... Uh, life's too short. <laughs> uh, so I suggest that you go through and poke your friends and be, be diplomatic. You know, don't, don't poke people you don't want to poke and definitely don't poke people you don't want them to poke you back. That's for damn sure. But go out and have some happy poking. And I hope you get some happy poking back. Listener feedback. It's time for listener feedback. Yeah. All right. This first listener feedback is going out to Emily K. Emily wrote me at the beginning of the month, and uh, I, I asked her, of course, after I read it and responded to her, if I could read it on, on the air, on the podcast. And she was overjoyed. Yes, please do. So at the top, before I even start reading, Emily... Thank you. I know you. I know I said this in the email, but I want you to hear it from my voice now. Thank you for what you said, because it made my day. And this is what she said. Dear Sabrina, my name is Emily, and I'm a trans female. First, let me say thank you for your sincere and heartfelt commentary every week. I just found your podcast about two months ago and finally got through all the episodes. Now I'm all caught up. My story began when I was about six years old. I would ask my mom all the time why I wasn't born a girl. She would consistently disregard my questions. I don't blame her, though. I truly don't think she knew how to handle it. I preferred to play with feminine toys and had a pink blanket that went everywhere with me. As a teen, I tried to express myself as far as my parents would let me. I got my ears pierced and grew out my hair, but was not allowed to wear female clothing. It was very tough. 
Now, at the age of 36, my dysphoria has become so tough that I cannot even look at myself in the mirror. I'm very close to coming out to my wife as she has begun to notice my shaving practices have changed. And I've started painting my toenails, as I can cover them up at work. She seems to be open about it and has questioned it. Then she laughs it off, saying that I'm just not allowed to be prettier than her. Anyway, that's my story in a nutshell. And it feels great being able to tell someone that will understand. Thank you for being a beacon of hope for all of us. Sincerely, Emily K. Emily, I, like I said at the beginning, I was so touched and, and, and overwhelmed with your, with your kind words. I am so happy that my, my little podcast that has, has been able to give you the, the, the courage, the confidence, the, the, the knowing you're not alone, feeling whatever it may be for you specifically to take those steps. Because I remember painting my toenails, too, the very first time. The girl I was seeing was, was okay with it. In fact, she did it the very, very first time, years and years and years ago. But being found out at work or school at the time, or uh, I was performing in a show, so being found out in a show, you know, changing shoes and socks without people seeing your, your feet, <laughs> kind of difficult in a dressing room. But, you know, yeah, I got over it. I did it. And so I understand that feeling. Uh, shaving practices. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I've, I've been questioned a number of times in my life why I have a smooth chest or smooth legs. And I've, oh gosh, I've used all the excuses in the book. Oh, I like the feeling, which is true. That's not a lie. Uh, oh, it, um, I like to ride my bicycle, which in the past was true, you know, and bike, bike, bikers do shave their legs for competition and such, <laughs> not for joy riding like me, but Hey, it, it worked. Uh, couldn't use the swimmer's um, excuse because I've never been an athlete, but um, I think at one point when there was a community pool or something, a, 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 a pool that was frequented by myself and friends in my early 20s, I think, and uh, one time I was, why do you shave your legs? Because it feels better in the water was my answer or something along those lines, which is also so true. I like that feeling. That's me personally. But being not comfortable in saying that, that was the, oh, the, the, the crippling thing, we'll say. So, yes, yes, oh, yes. Uh, do I understand what you're saying, Emily? Because at six years old, I, I was, or six or seven or so, I was, I was asking my mom, am I gay? I had no idea where that came from. Being only slightly older than yourself, I'm I'm 43 now, and so you just said you were 36. So there's you know what five so seven years, less than a decade between us. But that's enough. It's enough of a difference that uh, through no fault of our parents, they did what they thought was right. They were following society's standards, so they wouldn't be looked upon as bad parents. It wasn't until I was in my teens you know, into, into close to my second decade of life on this planet where culture, society started changing, saying, no, no, if my child, male or female or whatever, wants to play with or wear, you know, play with toys or wear clothing that was not specifically designed for them because of their birth certificate, I'm not going to stop them. They're happy. Look at my 
son playing with dolls. Look at my daughter playing with monster trucks. Look at my son wearing a pretty princess dress. Look at my daughter being a construction worker. Whatever. You know, yeah, just loosely examples. Only then did I notice that. And God, how I wish that I was about mm, 10 years younger. Because it would have been so much easier to deal with. But, you know, I can't change that. That's just the way it worked out. Uh, and don't get me wrong, part of me loves, loves when I was born, how I was born, and all that stuff. I, there's, some, I, there's things in my life that I do not want to change because of that. Uh, example, if I was born 10 years later, I wouldn't have remembered both Elvis's death and Groucho Marx's death, which was just two days after Elvis's. I am proud to say that I remember seeing his obituary in the newspaper, his being Groucho's. And, you know, every year uh, of his death after that, for about five or so years, uh, not only would they do the whole Elvis stuff, but they would also do the Marx Brothers thing and replaying some of the movies and such. I'm proud of that fact. Uh, I'm proud of the fact that I, I remember some of the first shuttle launches well, I mean, it's these monumental points of history. Uh, Reagan being shot. Uh, John Lennon being shot. All of these things that were in my life that I don't think I would have remembered or been around for, obviously, had I been 10 years younger. So I'm grateful for where I'm at, absolutely. But the way culture and society helped or didn't help me is where I'm like, gosh, 10 years would make so much the difference. So, again, Emily, I completely understand. And yes, yes, right here, me, this show, completely understands, well, everything in your email. And I'm so happy that everything I've said so far in the show has reached you. And now, I have to say this. Again, thank you, Emily, which I think you know by now. But I have to say this next thing here. If people like Emily and... Candice, as I've mentioned, and Christina Kay, and oh, oh, a number of other people out there that I've, uh, Phaedra D, um, oh gosh, Lisa, uh, I can't remember the name, but all, anybody that I've interacted with, you know who you are. I've mentioned you on the podcast. You've been the band of the podcast. I've talked to you through Facebook Messenger. I've talked to you through Twitter. You know who you are. I'm sorry that I'm only one person and can't remember everyone because it's just an electronic relationship, but I don't, I don't devalue that. To me, that's just as powerful and as strong as knowing each other in person. And then there's the listeners that I do know in person, like, 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 like B and Alex and Isabella. And that's just off the top of my head. All of you folks, those who have spoken to me saying, Whatever you've said, I like the show. Thank you for this topic I had questions about, or the ones that I've just answered personally. You've taken that step to reach out to me to let me know or ask me whatever it's been, case-by-case case scenario. And I'm so grateful for that, absolutely, which you should know by now, the episode 49 of the show, for Christ's sake. But what I am so thrilled about is the unknown. Everybody out there, that for whatever reason, you can't contact me. You can't like the Facebook page. For a number of reasons, you don't want to out yourself. You're using a public computer. 
you're using somebody else's account. You're sneaking the listening through any sort of non uh, cookie related or following app or something. I get that. You're there. That's okay. You're listening. And that's what this show is for. Of course, I would love to hear from you. I want to hear from everyone. That's, uh, that's the point of a podcast, I think. But I know just by the nature of this show, the nature of the topic, the nature of our very being, sometimes you can't say a damn thing. Sometimes you're not at the right point in life to say anything. I get that. And that's what makes me so happy. Because like I said, I've gotten, oh, I don't know, we'll just round it off and say 20-ish consistent uh, responses. There's been more, I know, but this is pe- these are people that I can think of that I've interacted with on multiple communications. I know that there are a lot more because within the first month of, of an episode being released, the first four weeks that an episode is fresh, that episode usually gets around 120 downloads. Now, I understand that downloads doesn't mean that everybody listens, but it means that somebody subscribed and that their, their particular pod catcher is downloading it. And I only hear from, you know, what, a fifth of that? Well, I know there's a ton out there that are not saying anything or can't say anything. And that's what this show is for. For you, folks. Well, for everybody. But the folks that feel so alone, they can't say anything. So, I guarantee that if you out there are saying something on the internet to me, to whatever, think that there are at least, well, I don't know, a couple more people, three or four more people that can't say anything. So because of that, I say share this show. You'll never know who you'll reach if you don't share it. And if you can't share it, again, because of certain reasons, I understand. I get it. Create a dummy Facebook. Easy enough to get another email account through Google or Yahoo or uh, Hotmail. or There's so many out there. So many ways to get an email. And create a new Facebook page. You don't have to have pictures of yourself unless you want it. But there's your new entity on the internet that you can speak out with and it not be you. Yeah, I know Facebook had the whole name thing and whatever. Okay, fine, fine, fine. But share the show. Let it reach as many people as it can, especially the people that can't speak up. So that's, that's really all the listener feedback I have for this particular episode, except to say... Emily, thank you so much for writing. As I meant, just went through, it means the world to me. Holy mackerel, have we reached that time already? Jesus Christ, that went fast. Well, maybe not so fast, but fast enough for me. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, well, you're sitting around to the end, so obviously you did. Uh, <laughs> next episode. Next episode is going to be a little different. It's a conversation with Meredith and Ellen. Wonderful, wonderful couple. Uh, one of them is a trans woman, and she shares her story. They share their story. It, it's just a wonderful wonderful little conversation chat that we had and that's what we're going to have next episode Uh, i'm always looking for topics i'm always looking for guests send them my way changes in latitudes podcast at gmail.com or really go to the facebook page that's probably the best way to really reach me quickly 
Lastly, check out our Patreon page, help the show, pass it along, even if you can't contribute or if you can only contribute like a quarter an episode. Every little bit helps. Patreon.com slash Changes in Latitudes podcast. And now, as Jimmy Buffett says, if I couldn't laugh, I just would go insane. If we couldn't laugh, we just would go insane. If we weren't all crazy, we would go insane. (laughs) Ah, Stay crazy, everyone. Enjoy life. I'll catch you next week. listening to Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I'd love to hear from you, so let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast or at the website changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now, wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, first, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, always question the source when researching information on the internet. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2015 by me, Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening. some outtakes transgender 30 question challenge let's try that again message me on the facebook page facebook page facebook page (laughs) facebook.com thank you for listening and never forget the following